Our draft coverage keeps on rolling here at Locked On Blue Jackets as we've got Tony Ferrari here to talk about whether Adam Fantilli could maybe be a better fit for the Blue Jackets than Connor Bedard. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news stories, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Thank you for making this your first listen every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also over on YouTube. So if you want to hit the subscribe button over there, then it helps me out, it helps you out. You get notified when new episodes go live. Everybody wins. I just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Like I said in the cold open, today we are continuing our draft coverage uh, and we are talking about a guy that in maybe any other draft would be the the consensus first overall but because Conor Bedard exists uh that's kind of a moot point we're talking about Adam Fantilli uh center over at the University of Michigan and we're talking to Tony Ferrari about his strengths his weaknesses whether he can be an impact player straight away and we also talk a little bit about the uh the CPJ Michigan pipeline so uh, I'm just going to get right into my conversation with Tony the Blue Jackets are doing their best to get that first overall uh, draft position to draft Conor Bedard. You know, we've talked about it, but there's some pretty good consolation prizes if the draft lottery luck screws them over or if they do the Blue Jackets thing and go on an end of season heater and win, I don't know, the last eight games in a row. I feel like they've done that a couple of times. So if they end up drafting, you know, second, third, maybe fourth overall, there are some guys there that are probably pretty good consolation prizes i would say uh and today we're gonna talk about one of those guys uh we've already talked about him a little bit on the show before but uh we're gonna talk about adam fantilli today and uh, we have very smart man and uh notable balls draft analyst uh tony ferrari here to come and talk to us a little bit about uh, adam fantilli and what kind of game he has because i feel like it's a very fun one yeah, he's a fun player. He's one of my favorite players in the entire draft. I, I've talked to him a number of times over the last few years, and every time I talk to him, I just realize how much smarter this kid is about the game of hockey and how just dialed in he is. At the end of the day, I think this guy is going to be a really good NHL or a guy that can play at both ends of the ice. And I, I've said it a few times, but outside of this draft and then going back to maybe 2015 and 2016 where Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews were drafted, Adam Fantilli would probably be right up there with the first overall pick probably easily taking the cake for most years. I think Jack Hughes would have given him a run, but for the most part, this is a guy that's a first first overall talent. Yeah, for sure. And I know everyone was really itching to kind of jump on, is um, is Fantilli going to con- contest for first overall this year? And I feel like the World Juniors kind of put, put an end to that, but this kid is, I feel like every time his name comes up, there's another, like, highlight reel or he's had another, like, four-point game or something for uh, for Michigan. So, like, what what should we expect from this kid when uh, when he steps on the ice? 
Well, I think he's going to go back to Michigan, if I'm not mistaken, for next season. I think he's going to play one more year there, come out at the end of the year, kind of similar to the way Kent Johnson, Owen Power did last year. Uh, same with Matthew Beneers. And then he'll take his full rookie season and his D-plus two season. But I think this is a guy that once he gets to the NHL, he's going to be an immediate impact two-way player, the kind of the way Matthew Beneers is. But he has a lot higher of an offensive upside. He's got an outstanding shot, a really good shot from all over the ice, plays with a high level of skill. He's able to kind of pull the puck in. I know everyone likes to joke about Connor, Connor Bedard and his toe-drag toe drag release. But Adam Fantilli has that in his game as well. He's got the the shooting angles and different ability, different ability to kind of manipulate the puck in, in the way he's shooting, whether it's off his front foot, his back foot. He's leaning off to one side. He's able to do it off balance. He does a little bit of everything as a goal scorer. And as a playmaker, he's really developed this year in particular. I think going coming to Michigan, he kind of realizes I have talent around me. And, and it's not that he didn't with Chicago Steel. That's obviously one of the best junior teams in the world. But he's noticed like – I've got these players that are a little bit more mature. These guys are a little bit more pro-style players that are able to kind of play the game that I'm looking to play. And he's done a really good job of setting them up. I think him and Gavin Brindley, since they come back from the World Juniors, have been on an absolute tear together. I think uh, Brindley has uh, almost 15 points in the eight games, and I think uh, Fantilli has 20 or something around that number, if I'm not mistaken. So the way they've been tearing up the, the NCAA over the recent stretch of play has been pretty fun to see. And there's a reason at the end of the day, Fantilli is the highest scoring uh, college player as a draft eligible since Paul Korea, basically 30 years ago, a couple guys in the eighties that also did it, but all time he's fifth. He's doing it at, at over a, a, his scoring rate is at 1.88 per game. And Jack Eichel, who is a player that everyone gushed over in his college year, was only at 1.78. So it's still just everything this kid does seems to surpass everyone else around him. Yeah, for sure. It's like I said, I feel like, like you said, literally any other year we'd be talking about this kid as the consensus number one. And, you know, can we draft him a year early and and that kind of thing, you know, uh, which is. In a in a draft where you know you've got Conor Bedard going first, you've probably got Adam Fantilli going second. Um, I like Leo Carson a lot. I'm not sure he's gonna he's gonna take over that spot. It's uh, it's a good position for the Blue Jackets to be in. I think like no one no one enjoys it when your team sucks. I think no one thought the Blue Jackets were gonna be this bad this season. But if there's a season where if there's a season to have all of these injuries and all of this bad luck and all of this poor play, like. I don't know. I'm not upset if the Blue Jackets end up with Adam Fantilli at the end of the season. Yeah, I think that's the key is that if you're going to have a bad year, a year where you obviously Johnny Goudreau signed, everyone was expecting Ken Johnson, Kirill Marchenko, and all these other guys to come up and be impact players right away. And I think they've all done that to an extent. I, I think there was a, an expected step forward. I, I still think there was a lot of people that were expecting the Blue Jackets to maybe not make the playoffs, but kind of be there. But they haven't done that this year, unfortunately. They've had like a lot of injuries, like you said. It's just been a bad year for them overall. But like you like you mentioned, this is a good year to be bad because there are four guys at the top of this draft, probably five even, that are really good, good players. And I think you, as the Blue Jackets are probably going to do at the deadline where they sell off a few guys, maybe make some trades to acquire some more draft picks, there's players down the list that will also be really valuable players that if you're picking outside just – and in the 20 to 25 range, you're getting a top 15 pick in most years. I think you're, this is a really deep draft as well. In a minute, I have got more of my conversation with Tony. But first, I've got to tell you about 
FanDuel because the midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, that means that you get bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, super easy to use, and then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scorers, three-drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba yeah i am you mentioned gavin brindley earlier he is definitely a guy that is on my list for maybe that kind of 15 to 20 range i think he would he's a a really fun fun potential depth pick but um i want to talk a little bit about and we kind of this is a probably going to be very similar to a conversation we had about this time last year which is that the Blue Jackets need a number one center. And I've seen some question marks about whether Connor Bedard could be more effective on the wing, whether he is that number one center for whatever team he ends up being. But do you think Adam Fantilli could be that for the Blue Jackets? Is he a franchise number one center in the way that, you know, you see with Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, uh, even, you know, Patrice Bergeron to an extent? Is he kind of going to be on that level, do you think? I don't know if he's going to be on the level of those guys, but I do think he's going to be a true number one center. I think, like you mentioned, the questions about whether Bedard's going to be more effective on the wing or at center, that's still up in the air. I do think he ends up as a center at the next level ultimately, but I could see him starting as a winger and kind of working his way towards being in the middle eventually down the road. With Adam Fantilli, I look at him a lot of the same way I look at a guy like Matthew Beneers, where I don't see this guy in the wing at all. It would take away from his game, to be completely honest, to put him on the wing. He has so much of his facilitating, so much of his ability to drive play comes from being that guy in the middle of the ice, out in space, working off the, off of his teammates. And he does have a really good ability to kind of go into those corners in the defensive end and help the defensemen out. He's a smart, smart defensive player in the right spots, great stick, understands how to start transition game, get the breakout going, and as well as kind of complete it on his own as well if he needs to. So I think Adam Pintilli is a true number one center. And if he goes into the Blue Jackets, I think he's a guy that you look at and you go, well, that's, that kind of solves the, the position we've needed for a long time. Yeah, the uh, the I've been, to, I've been talking about it all, basically since I knew the Rooney Jackets were going to miss the playoffs. So about American Thanksgiving-ish, you know, <laughs> how fun it's going to be if we have a line of Johnny Gaudreau, Adam Fantilli and Patrick Laine next season like that. Maybe I'm biased, but that feels like a lot of fun to me personally. <laughs> Yeah, that could be a really fun line because you have guys that can kind of mesh a bunch of different skills together. Adam Fantilli would be, weirdly enough, as the youngest guy on that line, probably the defensive presence there and being the responsible two-way guy with the ability to be a shooter, be a playmaker as well. And then you have the ultimate playmaker in Johnny Goudreau and the ultimate finisher in Patrick Laine. be a really fun mix to see. Yeah, that's, that's I'm, I'm manifesting it. That's the energy that I'm putting out into, into this draft. Like, obviously, if you get first overall, you're picking Bedard, but... I just think Adam Fantilli would be so much fun on this on this team. Um, I want to talk a little bit about kind of the work that he has to do um, because very few prospects obviously turn up in the NHL and are perfect immediately. You know, what does... You said he's going to go back to Michigan next season, probably. Uh, what does he have to work on before you think he is, you know, not NHL ready? Because I think he probably will be NHL ready 
in October. But if he goes back to Michigan, like what is what are the things that you think he's going to work on in that year to kind of really make as big of an impact as he possibly can? I think like any player his age, he's going to need to get a little bit stronger. He's a really strong kid at, at, at six foot two, almost two hundred pounds. I think you refine that defensive game, understand how to be the guy like a Patrice Bergeron, able to affect things so much in that defensive zone. Maybe can up that tier. He could become a Selkie level guy. Even I think there's that ability there for him. He's not that now, but with further development and patience, I think he could become someone that's in that conversation. I think improving his vision, improving his shot, improving all these little things. He doesn't necessarily have a major weakness in his game because he's a fantastic skater, really strong kid, plays the power game, works off the walls extremely well, great shot, great passer, good defensive player. So there's not this one area where you look at and you go, ah, that's that's a flaw. He's not really doing that properly or he's not effective in this area of the game. But it's going to be about getting those tools to the next level so that when he does come to the NHL, whether it's October or whether it's April or May, he's a guy that's an immediate impact player and a guy that isn't necessarily having to go through those rookie slumps. And I think at the end of the day, any rookie's going to go through it. Connor Bedard will probably go through it in his own right, but it's going to be about kind of finding that consistency. And I think that's the biggest thing for him. Yeah, for sure. I want to talk a little bit about the university of Michigan specifically, because it feels like they lost so many guys this year, obviously with Beneers, Power, Johnson, uh, Brandon Brisson, uh, Thomas Bordalo, like they all left. And I was like, man, maybe Michigan's not going to be that powerhouse this year. And they seem to have kind of taken that personally and obviously picking up guys like Fantilli, Brindley. Um, they kept Luke Hughes. Uh, Maki Samoskovic is still there, I believe. And it feels like they are just kind of perennially that powerhouse team. Like, is there a reason for that? Is it coaching? Is it that they just seem to get the the right players that click? Like, can you give me like a little bit of insight into how exactly Michigan stays this annoyingly good year in year out well i think one of the big things is they do always seem to have good coaching staffs in there they understand how to kind of get the 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 best out of their players and one of the things they always preach their guys is coming in and we don't need to stay four years we'd love it if you do we it's not like michigan football i think michigan football really preaches like come in finish a michigan wolverine blah blah blah. michigan hockey's taking the uh, the uh, other approach they've gone come in play a couple of years if you need to stay two more great we have you for four years if not then we get you on that own power that that adam fantilli that matthew Beneers route that brendan brisson route that we can get you to the nhl we've got a proven development system they play a pro style game they understand how to get guys to the next level they've got a really good development program and they invest in their program i think that's the biggest thing at the end of the day they recruit really hard they recruit highly skilled guys they're not afraid to go for the guy that is a little bit undersized such as a, a gavin brindley and they're not afraid to go, go for guys that are a little bit unrefined in the way that a guy like Ken Johnson is was at the time, who was kind of a video game player, like I, I described him even on the podcast last year and the year before. It, it's interesting that they go for those high-skill, high-energy guys that they want to mold into the, the pro-level player, and I think that's why they find the most success that they have. In a minute, I have got more of my conversation with Tony about Fantilli and the University of Michigan uh, development process. First, I have got to tell you about AG1. Uh, I use this product literally every day. Uh, I started taking it because I wanted more energy. I didn't have time to figure out, you know, a handful of pills, vitamins, supplements that I had to take every single day. And AG1 is all in one which is why I love it. So what is it? Well, 
It is 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, just all of the things that you need to feel better about starting your day day. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That is it. There is no need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Once again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, I mean, and the Blue Jackets have had success with Michigan players in the past. We mentioned Ken Johnson, uh, Zach Wrensky. Obviously, those are two big, big pieces of the, the University of Michigan in their, you know, respective times there. Do you see Adam Fantilli, and we talked a little bit about him playing on that line with Gaudreau and Line A, but do you see him fitting into the Blue Jackets organization? Is this a a development pipeline that you think he could succeed in, or do you think he would have success maybe on a different team with a different uh, timeline of uh, their rebuild, I guess? I know that the Blue Jackets keep saying they're not rebuilding, they're retooling, but semantics, you you know? Um, is, it, is, it, is there a place for Adam Fantilli? in the place that the Blue Jackets are at the minute, do you think? I think there is. I think at the end of the day, you, you we've looked at that Blue Jackets lineup for years now and gone, who is their number one center? Where is he coming from? Is he in the pipeline? And we haven't really ever been able to answer that question in recent years. And I think Adam Fantilli would answer that question. And at the end of the day, we've seen them use that Michigan pipeline, like you mentioned. We've seen them go to the college ranks and get guys like Nick Blankenberg even, who – they signed as a free agent. Like there's so many ways you can get guys out of the college ranks and Adam Fentley would be a really good one to get for the, for the blue Jacks. And I think because he does play such a refined game already, he already is a pro level player. in my opinion, it's not this guy that you're necessarily having to get in there and, and worrying about kind of rebuilding around. He's a guy that can kind of get in there and in a retool, if you want to word it that way and be a really like good contributor almost immediately. Yeah. So I did a I did a similar thing here with um, about Conor Bedard. You know, I, I do this every year. I try and get as many of these draft profiles or like scouting reports done as I can because I like to talk to people much smarter than me about this uh, because I don't know enough because there's too many prospects. But we talked a little bit about kind of tempering expectations with Conor Bedard and not expecting him to come in and immediately be the savior of of the Blue Jackets if that's where it ends up, the savior of Chicago, Anaheim, wherever. Adam Fantilli, I feel like there's less tempering needed there. I feel like the, I don't know, I feel like the ceiling is much higher for Bedard, but I feel like Adam Fantilli is a more um, quantifiable piece. I feel like if that makes sense, I feel like I'm not explaining this this very well, but I feel like Adam Fantilli, you know what you're going to get with him in a way that I think a lot of people are still a little bit unsure of exactly how Bedard is going to translate to that NHL game. Yeah, I think with Bedard, you look at a guy like that and at his size and go, is is everything going to translate? The things that he's able to do at the WHL level, at the World Junior level, are, are all those things going to be able to come with him to the NHL? Because he is still a 5'9 guy who, yeah, he's stocky. He's 185 pounds at 5'9, but he's not a 6'2", 200-pound guy the way that Fantilli is. Fantilli's already a guy that's built into a man's foot frame. And like I said, he's going to put on more strength over the next couple of years as he matures physically as well. So 
I think with Fantilli, you look at it and you go, all right, there's a safe player here. If everything were to go wrong in Fantilli's game, you still have a really solid number two center, probably, in my opinion. I think if he's your number three center, it's, not, it's unfortunate, but he's going to be the best number three center in the league. And that's if everything falls out and nothing nothing kind of works out for him. If everything works out, you go out, you have the number one center you've been looking for for years. With with Connor Bedard, like we talked about earlier, is he going to be a winger at the next level? Is he going to be a center? What kind of center is he going to be? Is his playmaking going to facilitate to the next level? Or is he going to be a better winger? Is it, there's questions around the role that he's going to play at the next level. With that said, I think Connor Bedard is going to come in and, and challenge Austin Matthews rookie season, trying to put up 40 goals. He's going to try to put up 70, 80 points. He's going to be a guy that's a legitimate game breaker in his first year. I think Adam Fantilli might be a little slower to get to that game breaking ability. I think he's a guy that could put up 20 and th- 20, 20 goals and 30, 30 assists next October and be a 50 point guy in year one as an 18, 19 year old. But I think within time, you're going to see this guy be a 70 point center who plays a really good two way game. And I think that's the, the nice thing about a guy like Adam Fantilli. Yeah, for sure. I think, like like I said, at the kind of at the beginning, you know, obviously everyone wants Bedard. I'm not mad at all about the concept of Adam Fantilli as a as as a like. Oh no, we have to have Adam Fantilli. You know, we drafted second overall um, or whatever. I'm I'm excited for this kid. I think even if he doesn't end up a Blue Jack, I'm going to be really excited to see where he ends up, what he ends up doing. Because um, I'm I'm excited about uh, about Adam Fantilli. Yeah, he's, like I said earlier, he's my favorite player in the draft, probably. I've talked to him a number of times, so I'm probably a little bit biased. Um, it, it's just so fun to watch this kid do his thing. And especially if you look at the World Juniors, everyone was obsessed with Connor Bedard's World Juniors, and rightfully so. The kid was unbelievable there. But Adam Fancy had a really good World Juniors for a draft-eligible guy. He had a really big semifinal game, if I'm not mistaken. Showed a lot as a depth player. Played a really solid defensive game, two-way game. There's a lot to like about a player like that, especially for a guy that's humble enough to take on that role. There's been a number of times we've seen in recent years where a guy that's a highly touted prospect gets put on that third or fourth line, and there's a little bit of salt to their game. They don't appreciate the role that they've been given. So I I love seeing a guy like Adam Finsley going in there, taking care of business, and celebrating with fans afterwards. And that's all I've got for today. Uh, Tomorrow we will be looking ahead to... The game against the New Jersey Devils. We're going to be taking uh, a look at some injury updates. Hopefully some guys are starting to get healthy, uh, which can only mean good things for Blue Jackets. Uh, but that's going to be that's going to be tomorrow's episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Uh, thank you for making it your first listen of the day every day. Locked Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also over on YouTube. If that's more your thing, then feel free to hit subscribe. It helps me out. It helps you out. You get notified when new episodes go live. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.